0: Looking to stand out from the pack at your first job? When you earn a master's in management from Georgetown, you'll gain the skills employers value most, elevating your career prospects for years to come. Get started at choosegeorgetown.com MIM. Welcome to the Smart Driving Cars podcast. I'm Fred Fishkin, again with Alan Kornhauser, the faculty chair of autonomous vehicle engineering at Princeton University. Hi
1: again, Alan. Uh, hi, Fred. We're hanging in there at CES.
0: We are, and this is airing actually the week after CES, and we've got a, a guest with us, and we'll kind of explain why this had to be held. Our guest is Justin Reese, the founder and CEO of Ride Systems, who as of today, I think, has a, another title to, to add to that. Welcome, Justin. Pleasure to be here. Thank you. To begin with, uh, let's tell
2: the audience a little bit about Ride Systems, some of the background. Well, Ride Systems started off with a very simple idea, and that was make it easy to ride the bus. And so having been a bus driver myself, we decided to work on some software back in 2007 uh, to help people find where the bus is, uh, see how long it takes to get to the next stop, and do that all from your smart device. Uh, We started that. Like I said, in 2007 and, and since, we've grown to over 500 locations standalone. And um, just recently, we have announced a merger with a new company uh, called DoubleMap and forming a company called Journey. And uh, together, we are now over in over 700 locations around the country.
0: You were competitors, essentially, before, in a sense, we right?
2: Were, we were competitors. Uh, we've been frenemies for quite some time, and uh, this now makes sense. We've aligned our... Our ideas and strategies. We feel like together we can make a much bigger impact in the market and really deliver some fantastic products going forward.
0: So, going forward, you'll be in in how many markets right at the outset uh, with with this? Don't have the exact number, but it'll be over seven hundred. Over seven hundred markets. And to explain what it is that that you're that you're providing to
2: consumers here, it, it's it's an app. The app is part of it. What we do is provide real-time transit information to the riders. So that includes where the vehicle is, the time estimates to where uh, you want to go and when you'll be picked up. Uh, We also provide a a suite of of different um, analytics, including passenger counting. We can do Wi-Fi for passengers. We can do badge scanning. Uh, We cover a large range of client bases everywhere from cities, universities, corporate campuses, um, hotels, and it's just a fantastic way for people to feel comfortable riding transit.
0: And what do you have to install
2: to make all of this happen? Well, we can do a few different types of hardware. Uh, we can we have a magical box, we'll call it. It's, it's a magical black box that uh, is installed on each vehicle, or we can install a tablet, ruggedized, non-ruggedized, that allows the driver to uh, interface with the system, and that produces all the data we need to, to push it back to our back-end servers and then out to the public on a website and mobile app.
1: So do you provide this as a contract service to
2: New Jersey Transit, let's say? We would love to be with New Jersey Transit. Would, uh,
1: very few people would, sorry, but go ahead.
2: But yes, it, it, it would be a contract service. Uh, we, we do sell it as a subscription-type service where the equipment goes on the vehicle or trains, buses, whatever we need to track, and then we have yearly, monthly, quarterly, however they like to divide it up as a, as a service offering for them.
0: And I'm assuming there's a lot of potential when it comes to new forms of mobility using uh, autonomous driverless transportation, and you must be looking at that.
2: Absolutely. As a matter of fact, one of the exciting places that we're in right now is downtown Detroit, Uh, We're working with a company there where we handle all of the tracking for fixed route, parking operations. um, The people will park outside the city and and take the shuttle bus into work. While they're there at work, there are autonomous vehicles operating in a downtown circulator uh, system, and we track those as well. And that's an example I think can be taken on numerous cities where you can do uh, and have one solution to help people get around very easily.
0: And from a consumer's perspective, would they need individual apps for if they went, if they're using multiple systems, for instance, that that uh, they, that they might want to track different forms of transportation?
2: Our goal is a, to unify that underneath one software system. So called journey, perhaps. Y- yeah, journey. That's that's right. Um, you know, the example there was we have the fixed route that's tracked on the app. We have the autonomous vehicles, but we've been approached by the scooter companies that are very popular around cities now. We've been approached by some of the automakers and some other strategics where they want their services inside our app, or at least we work together to provide one mobility solution that a city or a corporation can use to provide all of their, their people, the, the employees, uh, a, a great way to get around
1: so, in terms of doing this, uh, how have you been able to handle so many uh, different entities to be able
2: to put all this data together? With a great team. Um, it must have a great team, yeah, we, because it's non-trivial, right? Uh, right. No, we've been, our focus and ride systems, uh, particularly as we as we grew up, it's always been customer focused. They're the most important part of our business. We take their suggestions. We actually have prided ourselves on making sure that, that client has a single point of contact with our system uh, when it comes to setup, to troubleshooting, to I- advancing and, and upgrading their system. They know exactly who to talk to and we keep them happy with that, with that account manager on our team. Um, and then we, we look at it as a partnership. We don't leave people hanging. We are in this to make them successful because when they're successful, we obviously are.
0: Curious. I mean, you have a background, you said, uh, driving a bus. How did you evolve into this? What tell, Give us the,
2: the, the background. Well, you know, driving a bus was a great experience. Uh, I got to meet a lot of neat people. I think after driving in circles for a while, uh, your mind can start to wander, and uh, I wanted to come up with some different ways to, to make it better. Um, you know, one of the things with transportation, public transportation, is just knowing and being confident in using that system. Where is the bus? How long till it gets to me? And we want to. Pr- we wanted to really promote that. Um, so as we, as I drove the bus, one of the things people were asking and getting after me for driving is like, how come it took so long to get get here? And why is the bus other bus right behind me? Um, it was able to look at a problem and deliver a, a solution that eased a pain point for them.
0: And to make all of this happened did you did you have any background in technology and app creation that kind of thing or, or how'd you make this happen
2: sure so I had uh, some background in information systems just enough to get myself started and then of course have a team that is much smarter than I am on actually getting the technology out there uh, some great development help and some and some key system architects that have made this a uh, very reliable and robust system
1: So all this is really important because I think part of the uh, apprehension, the riding buses, is is all about the the apprehension, the uncertainty, the anxiety. Uh, Where's my bus? When's it coming? And so on. So the opportunity to provide the information and and to relieve some of that anxiety. Um, Are you claiming any increase in ridership uh, to these systems and saying, hey, we deserve a cut here or, you know, uh, what
2: about that? Well, certainly ridership has gone up in the systems we support. Uh, we have not gone back and asked for a cut. That, that's actually not a bad idea—a <laughs> um, dollar for each extra rider, well, or maybe because it costs them more for each rider, they're going
1: to charge you. But let, sure. let's not let's not discuss that. But but really, I mean. I, I always like to say about New Jersey tr- Transit, and, and of course the schedules. You almost need a Ph.D. in schedule reading to figure out when the, you know, when the hell the damn train's coming, or heaven forbid the buses. The buses. I mean, I don't. They're impossible to read. The, the opportunity to have that information and have it readily available, so that you, you know, again, it's anxiety relief.
2: Absolutely. Uh, it's something that we. We feel very strongly that having the data available just makes people feel comfortable. Um, people aren't going to give up their cars uh, because yeah, they... I don't know. Uh, we're,
1: we're, well, we're, 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 we're going to try to make that happen. But, well, well, look, I mean, if, if the service was really good, why why, why not? I mean, and, and part, of the, part of the issue here is that the service might be, in fact, okay. Again, it's the anxiety of that. not knowing and... and and the fact that so many uh, transit systems it's taken them so long to put the information out there, why? Because it was a little tough to collect. It was tough to distribute. It was you know not easy to do. But all of a sudden, everybody now has a phone. What the hell? You know it. You know, um, to what to what extent? Are you, I don't want to get into the privacy bit, but are, are you using any crowd, using any crowdsourcing with your customers to f- do anything with respect to? enhancing the information that you might have or or do you have enough with your box on the bus to be able to do what what, what you need to do
2: we're not doing any of that crowdsourcing yet um that privacy issue is a very important it's, one it's a very and tough one it's
1: a it's a tough one to you know the to, to, to manage but but there's opportunity for value to, to feed it back as long as you don't misuse it so you know
2: well, well, that's right. Understanding the movement of people and how they get from point A to point B is certainly important. Um, and what I was going to say earlier is, people aren't going to give up their vehicle unless they feel comfortable with the service uh, that they're course, replacing yeah. it with.
1: Of course, without a doubt. and
2: and we feel very in a very fortunate position here, where we we look at transportation in three different segments. You have the short range. With the scooters we have the mid-range with kind of the uber and the shuttle bus and the and the public transportation you have the long-range products uh, like some of the big automakers are doing um, maven and chariot and these other places that are really um, trying to make it easy to let go of your car Uh, we feel like we can get people into those areas and Whatever strategic or big automotive person that wants to get in there, we can help them get in all of those different markets, short, medium, and long-range opportunities.
0: Tell us a little bit about the branding strategy, because initially, at least, uh, Journey is a, is a holding company, but you're going to keep using the names, uh, the independent names, double map and, and Ride Systems. Why, why, why would you
2: do that? Right. Well... I've as I said before customers are very important to me uh, I, I look at them as part of the family so I think initially it's a matter of helping them feel most comfortable with this transition uh, they need to understand that we're we're only doing this because we're in a position to better serve them you want Get, them
0: to feel they're dealing with the same people and you know nothing's really changing for them
2: absolutely we're, we are going to keep the same team they're gonna have the same account managers Uh, We want them to feel comfortable, and we will start to migrate a lot of the services over. Our our existing ride systems customer base should feel very excited about the new product options that are becoming their way because of this merger, and same for the other side on the double map team.
0: Tell us what your roadmap, so to speak, looks like if if you look ahead. You're starting out with, with 700 combined
2: customers now. What do you think your roadmap looks like? Well, we feel like this merge will allow us to really step on the gas when it comes to rolling this out to different places. Um, the roadmap for, UP is, uh, for us is really about about leveraging those different markets. Uh, as I said before, we've had the short-range scooter operators come and talk to us and say, how can we get in on your app to work in, in conjunction with public transportation? Uh, how can the longer-range car-sharing opportunities work with us to get out there to the to the public. So they feel comfortable using that, knowing that they can ditch their car and move forward. We feel that the cities are probably where this will start. Uh, the millennial group is really a group that's okay putting off purchases like a car. Uh, they want to live downtown and it's hard to get around there without these transportation options. So we feel like those areas where we have a very strong foothold uh, will be where we can expand greatly and work with other companies scooters car car companies and public transit to to deliver an overall mobility solution that is going to be fantastic for everyone getting around
0: and uh, consumers certainly are becoming uh, accustomed to using services like uber and lyft and using apps to to get where they're going
2: that's right and i we want to try to consolidate those in, as best we can into one service. Uh, you know, your are, phone... you talk, are you
0: talking to them about trying to do that? We are.
2: Yes, we are. We, we are talking to them about consolidating, uh, consolidation of those services, at least in a, in a single point where they can access it. Having a dozen different apps on your phone and depending on which city you land in, you have to figure out what to use is, is a little confusing. We can, we can help with that.
1: Very cool. You know, or having to download now another app because I'm in a new city of blah 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 That's and right. all that stuff. Nobody does that anyway. I
2: mean, you know, I were Essentially, nobody does it. So growth-wise, you know, I feel like we can we can really you know double or triple the size of the company in a relatively short time because we just have so much more to offer. We have so much more to uh, to offer to people that want to team up and be strategic partners and ultimately serve serve the customer base. People are excited for this technology.
0: Terrific. To get more information on, on what you're doing here, where should people go?
2: There, We, we have a website that we're launching. Uh, it's going to be journeyholdingcompany.com. Uh, we will do all the press release and uh, additional information there. Of course, people can go to our existing websites, uh, ridesystems.net and doublemap.com. Uh, all of the the fun that goes along with this merger will be shown there
0: well congratulations on, on the merger
2: and and what the future holds for you thank you very much pleasure talking to you both very nice having you
0: our next guest on the smart driving cars podcast is ronnie cohen the ceo of a company called ViaVision here at ces thank you for joining us ronnie thank you for having me fred well give us a, a little background first of all of what ViaVision does Well,
3: ViaVision is doing fusion and perception for autonomous vehicles. It means that we get the raw data from all the sensors, cameras, lidars, and radars, and we generate a full, detailed, and accurate description of everything around the car. It's called the environmental model. It's everything that the next layer, the driving layer, needs to make its decision. And do you have uh, customers making use of this today? Well, we have several uh, leading Tier 1 and OAMs that we are working with. Eventually, they will become customers. It's a process in autonomous, in, in, uh, in automotive.
0: Well, tell us how, how it all comes together, how you're doing, what you're doing. A uh, little bit of the nuts and
3: bolts here. Okay, so let's start with, let's understand what the problem is. Today's system, the first generation of autonomous cars are doing what's called object level fusion. It means that they're doing the processing separately on the different sensors. So you've got a processor doing on the camera trying to detect cars, pedestrians, free space, lanes, etc., and it's not reliable enough. So you also have a LiDAR, and there's processing on the LiDAR trying to do the same detection, and that by itself is not reliable enough. Same goes with the radar. So we have got different sets of non-reliable enough det- uh, detections. Now, in the first generation, they try to fuse these, these detections on the detection level, on the objects, the cars, the pedestrian. But if the actual detection is not reliable enough, so fusing three non-reliable detections will never give you a reliable enough environmental model. And you've seen the results. Already we've seen accidents, casualties. And when you uh, analyze them, you see that all of them relates eventually to perception, to wrong detections or uh, understanding of the environment. So something better needs to be done. And that's what we're doing. It's called raw data fusion or early fusion. It means that to get an optimal detections, we take all the raw data from all the sensors, all the pixels from the camera, all the measurements from the LIDAR, all the measurements from the LIDAR, unprocessed. Mm
0: -hmm. And
3: then we're we're doing our detections based on all the data together. This is the way to get an optimal detection. So how do you actually do that? I mean, how do you
1: know that in a particular area, one of the sensors is giving you the information and the other one is giving you the opposite information? Which one's right?
3: Right. That's, that's, uh, that's exactly the point. That doing road diffusion is very difficult. Uh, and we have not just an, uh, a good system, but also a very efficient one. The way we do that, our unique architecture, is to... Fu- perfectly calibrate and synchronized all the sensors to the pixel level. So what we we are getting is like a colored 3D image of the uh, of the environment in the resolution of the camera, in HD resolution. For each pixel we've got the color, the depth, and the velocity. Well, that's what you want,
1: okay? That's, what I, 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 that's absolutely what you want. I, I understand. So, and, and we but,
3: have a system that is doing that; it's already uh, working in real time on the car.
1: So, are, are you getting the color from one entity, the depth from another, and then the velocity from the third, or are you get, are you getting velocity from all three, or the, and the depth from all three? Uh, 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 Tell us a little bit ab- about the approach. I know you're not going to yeah. give away the IP,
3: but uh, a little bit about the approach. So, so uh, in order to, uh, to understand what we're doing, there's one a piece missing that I didn't tell you about yet. Okay. And that's what we call the up-sampling technology because I talked about uh, getting in high-resolution million pixels per second also depth and velocity however you know the lidars and radars they are much much lower resolution right i don't have two million you've got yeah, to interpolate exactly. and uh, that
1: requires uh, you know who knows what a, f- a leap of faith let's call it a leap of faith so
3: we've got the leap of technology <laughs> we did that developed unique technology called up sampling it's a set of algorithms that are capable of extracting that two million depth point out of maybe twenty thousand that we are actually getting from the sensors and we do that by analyzing the environment, the scene, on a frame-by-frame frame basis. Because I'm looking at the same scene, frame after frame, from different points of view as the car is moving. Absolutely. And I'm using all that data. I've got a very accurate ego motion, So I know exactly how much I move from frame to frame. Very, very accurately. Sure, to I agree. To, 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 to Sometimes two-millimeter accuracy. Very mm, accurately. Uh, yeah, whatever. Ma- yeah, we yes, sure. I I do that yeah. on our own. And then we're using all the data to build an accurate 3D model. Given sparse data every frame, and we are also using the color. It's a fusion algorithm. It's it's unique. I can show you videos here, not on the podcast, maybe, but yeah. I can show you in this uh, here. Or uh,
1: or w- you can we link. We will link to, to, to the
3: to and the to the And I'm sure so you
1: have a website. We can you
0: will y- let you yeah. promote yeah. that people can go to. Yeah, I,
3: c- I, c- I can I can uh, give you some links. But you see, this is before upsampling, and this is after. So try to detect the car here. Before and after. Uh, I, when you have the link, you see the resolution. And just you can tell the whole audience what you see now, it looks like a video. But this is not a video. This is a 3D model that we are building. It's a ultra high resolution. It's like the movie Avatar, you know, the 3D movies. Mm-hmm. Ultra high resolution, colored 3D. We build that as the car mov- goes by. So uh, you, you can see it's a 3D model because we zoom in and turn it. And how quickly are you able to do this? Obviously. This is done in real time when the car is moving. The delay is one frame, so it's 30 milliseconds delay maximum. And this 3D, accurate 3D high resolution is built as the car is going. And on on, on that high quality data, we're doing detections and classification. No wonder we can do better detections at lower uh, computation. Do you need that high resolution? Yes, you do. Why? Because, because you want to detect obstacles on the road. Mm, mm. A- and... For example, you've got a rock on the road, okay? It's not a car, it's not a pedestrian, but it's still something you need to take care of. We had a ride here, I can show you, that we were riding and we saw small obstacle on the road. When we got near, it was a peacock cr- crossing the street. But n- you, you, you always get surprised. The truck in front, if you can drop something. So you need to be able de- to detect small obstacles. Small obstacles, high resolution. <coughs>
1: Maybe. Well, I I don't know. I mean, is is there something better th- to do than the high resolution? I mean, is, is, can you use those pro- that that processing that information and that uh, aspect of it? Because in fact, you're not going to make decisions on, on driving based on all of those points anyway. I mean, certainly you need for each of the pixels in the frames ahead of the vision ahead uh, you know i mean some of the rendering that goes on has to do with with what's to my right who knows what the uh, 20 meters away and i'm going 40 miles an hour uh i'm by it before it's ever going to get to me especially if i have an accurate uh, measure of the velocity so uh, you know i really don't need a, a lot of the pixel information that that is being gen- generated in these you know um, helicopter views that the lidar people like to show us i mean i
3: think they're um, Hélène, they're uh, a waste of effort and is very true mm. uh, relating to 360. you don't right. need all the resolution in all the directions and in all the ranges however at,
1: at all times at, if i'm stopped at a stop sign i need exactly. it if i'm you know if i'm backing up or somewhere i need some range behind me but but that's intelligent use of the of the of the pixel density that I need to play with where I'm merging all these these various datas for which I need R G B D and V. Maybe I need A2, and maybe <laughs> I need, uh, you know, some other things,
3: but go ahead. Okay, so definitely we can do that selectively to different uh, right. parts. However, let's focus now on the main problem because okay. when you want to avoid accidents, most of the cases is going to be in front of you. The... the, 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 the part that you're gonna drive at and, and there and there you need to detect small obstacles you need to detect I I obstacle I on I the road I that you're gonna hit in two seconds. Uh, I, I agree. And if I you're going agree, if, yeah. if you're going not 40 miles per hour but Uh, 65 on the highway. Uh, Yeah, good, good. I'm glad you didn't give me the
1: German number of 180,
3: but thank you. 250 if you talk with Audi. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, no, well,
1: whatever. I mean, no, we're not doing this for them. They they can just crash. I don't care. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever.
3: Um, Actually... Don't uh, I, mind your words because they are customers, potential uh, customers. No, no,
1: there aren't. There are four of them, and who cares? There are a lot of other customers. And uh, anyway, no. But that, that's sorry, world. We uh, we we digress. Um, but this is a, this is a very important. So you're you're actually framing a sequence. You're taking a sequences of, of frames and merging them and progressively taking. I don't know what, what's the stat. 10 frames 30 frames uh wh- wh- what can you divulge in terms of how you're stacking in the time in the time dimension
3: it's actually it's flexible and, and the model is that as, as as you go back in time in, in for past measurements the reliability is dropping so it's it's more of a curve of, of degrading uh, reliability however uh, the the point is that we are able to use all the data to okay. get an optimal model of the world, and based on o- on that optimal mod- model, we can get better detections. And eventually, if you test what's happening today in today's system, detections are not reliable enough. Right, and Th- that's and That the reliability is our target: getting right. higher reliability and a lower cost. Now, one other issue I didn't mention so far: our up-sampling technology enables us ex- enables our customers to choose lower resolution. The expensive sensors the lidars and the radars and still get the required performance so getting the system cost effective and, and eventually less the cost of ownership for the entire autonomous system is important because you want that system also on not just on audi a8 which is very expensive but also on more uh, conventional and, and economic co- cars and so reducing the cost of the system is also very important sure
1: um okay um uh-huh. Another sort of question uh, along the, those same lines when you're, when you're uh, considering the, uh, the, the fusion of all, all the various data that, that you're doing with that. In, in doing that, um, um, really, what kind of uh, processing power are you using or what are you, what are you using on the processing side?
3: Great question. Uh, I assume that you've seen the, the current autonomous cars and you've sure. opened the trunk. And if, if the audience doesn't know, then it looks like, uh, you know, packed top to bottom, left to right with so many computers you can squeeze a needle in. That's how a typical autonomous car trunk looks Although
1: like. NVIDIA will tell you something different and maybe Tesla will even tell you something different. There are many
3: NVIDIAs <laughs> in that system today, but our system is more efficient. So every, all our processing, everything all together in real time is done on a single NVIDIA processor. Okay. So our trunk is actually empty. We, c- we have one processor, and everything is done on one processor. One of our benefits, as I said, in regards to cost, is also being very efficient. And your frame rate is roughly... Well, currently we work to 10 to 20 due to the, uh, the existing LIDARS, but uh, it's our vision that the first system should be 30 frames per second, yeah. and eventually, long-term, we strive to get to 60 frames per second. That's for high response time, you know, they keep jumping well, behind well, the guard. Well, the, the,
1: the, I- the issue is, is that, is that you know, what is what is a frame and, and what are we talking about specifically? I mean, for is it the environmental, is is it determining the, the cognition of what is out there or, or what?
3: Uh, like, for me, a frame is usually the rate that the sensors are giving me a full scan of the environment. It can be a picture from the camera, it can be a full scan of the LiDAR. And, and that's on my input. On yeah, my output, output, a frame is an update. The frame rate is the rate that I update the environmental model.
1: Right, and that, that environmental is kind of RGB, no, uh, the D and V. No, no, no. Or, or is it object and object boundaries? Or, or what is it, or, or is it, uh, what is that? The uh, environmental not, not model not
3: the is usually a combination of what's called uh, occupancy grid, which is a bird-eye view of the street and for which I, s- I tell for every small square what's in that. Is it drivable road? Is it car, pedestrian, obstacles, etc.? That's the occupancy grid. And on all the important objects like cars, pedestrians, motorcycles, uh, uh, I don't know, trucks, etc., I give a target list with a, a list of details, more accurate details about that orientation, speed, uh, distance, etc.
0: Very interesting. For more information on, on what
3: you're doing, where, where do we send folks? Well, you can visit our uh, homepage on uh, vivision.com and you can always uh, contact us directly uh, at uh, Ronnie, which is r o w n y at vivision.com and uh, we'll get back to you with more information.
0: Ronnie Cohn, thanks for joining us. Ronnie, it's been a pleasure
1: having you. Thank you for the discussion.
0: That's it for this special edition of the Smart Driving Cars podcast from CES. We want to thank our guests for joining us. You can find us at smartdrivingcar.com. Find my tech reports at textonation.com.
2: Stay tuned for more, and thanks for listening.